What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Lex P. And it's your girl, Dre Nicole. And you are tuned in to another episode of Poor Minds. Where a drunk mind speaks sober thought. We got a guest today. today. We, we got, got a guest today. today. And we in L.A. with yes. it. And in my home, too. And in your Welcome. home. Welcome. different scenery. Very exciting. Yes, it and it's absolutely beautiful. It is. So right. thank you for inviting our ratchet asses up in your house. <laughs> so we have... Sex educator, got a degree in psychology because it was yes, given smart. Yes. Author, all the good <laughs> stuff, relationship expert, all the good things. Shampoo mm-hmm. I'm sorry we don't have drinks. We're supposed to have drinks, right? Girl, it looks, was we, I supposed to provide okay. them? No. No, no really, I was. That's what. It's fine. You we weren't actually need a little, okay. I live and need a little break. Well, it's see, cool. we have a little meeting today after we leave mm-hmm. here. So we didn't want to be drunk in our meeting. So we were like, we're going to actually chill today. Yes. But we've been drinking all week. So That's LA has taken a little break. Us out. Mm-hmm. We have been in LA for a week. And I'm so excited because every time we come here, we're like, Shan, we need to <laughs> leave up with Shan. Yeah. Every time they're like, okay, y'all, we got an LA trip. I'm like, Shan, Shan, what'd you say? Yeah, we're adding her. So thank you and so much. And we finally oh, made I it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm really great for a while. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I'm fine. I'm happy it finally you happened. You didn't come in the house and start me. with this moment. <laughs> you should have been like, we're here. I know. We were trying to be this like, this is a thing. You know, yeah. Yes, we were trying to be professional. <laughs> easy. Like, easy. You don't want to be a friend forever. Look, she's going to be friends. Look, friends forever. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so Shan, tell everybody, you know, who lives on the rock and don't know who you are, like how you started, mm-hmm. everything that you're doing, all that good stuff. I started in 2005, which is a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started just because of the same, we had a conversation before, so I don't want to keep referencing back to it. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking before, we were just saying that this is the thing that brought everybody onto this planet. It's why your mom is here, it's why you're here, it's why our pastor is here, is because mm-hmm. two people fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, Period. Some people have a different story. But majority of us, that's why we're here. So right. the fact that we're afraid to talk about it is really bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I always thought it was interesting. It's so different now because there's actually a lane now. So I, I'm amazed at how far the field has gone in a short amount of time. But when I first started, people would be like, why did you decide to study sex? How mm. did you come up with this thing? And it is almost as if I said like, oh, I study the, the cracks of hardwood floors. It's mm. really obscure thing. Yeah. Where to me, it was natural. It was essential to a healthy and happy life. Mm. And for me, when I started focusing on better intimate connections, sex you know, was a big part of that. My whole life blew open and got better. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that the world could benefit from somebody who was willing to do this out loud and find public platforms to bring necessary conversations to light, which is what you guys now do yes. today and so yes. many other incredible people. So I feel like really grateful to be part of an emerging field that I think has changed a lot of lives, mm-hmm. saved a lot of lives, For created sure. a lot of lives. Look, you got two of them now. You, you right. know all about it now. <laughs> you know all about it. Okay, so talk a little bit about your book because you have a book called mm-hmm. The Game of Desire. Yes. And I, it's so crazy because this is Drea's like, shit, okay? She loves dating, getting what she wants. So it's like dating with dominance. Yes. So talk about that a little bit too because that's a dominant dater. She gonna come and I out. think most people are afraid to be dominant yes, in dating. Yes, she is a very dominant dater. I am. Tell me about what dominant dating means to you. Not being afraid to tell somebody exactly what you want and also not being afraid to walk away if they're not giving you that. Yes. Mm. I That's actually, what it means for me. Because a lot of people get turned off by that term. And mm-hmm. I don't mean walking up to somebody at a bar and being like, can I buy you a drink? Right. <laughs> and that's what they picture when they hear mm-hmm. dominance. To me, it's dating with directiveness where I'm in the driver's seat. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not in the tower waiting to be saved by the right person. Mm -hmm. I'm not waiting to be picked. If I am out somewhere 
which I also want to ask you on this because a lot of people are I'm, a lot of women are very uncomfortable making the first move mm. right and to me I perceive the first move as the first point of contact so it doesn't have to be me asking you for your number it can be me walking over and being like what time does this place close do you know mm-hmm. you slick with that it. is the first yeah. move to me I like that. so if I see somebody that I think is interesting that I want to know if they're worth having a crush over mm. I want to know if it's worth like creating space in my mind to wonder I'm going to go over there and start a conversation to see. Um, Got you. Are you on that time or do you prefer to, if the person likes you, they'll do that? Yeah, we are. We don't hit on men at all. As I, but, but we or actually talked about this recently initiate. on another episode. And I said, as I'm getting older, I feel like I would be okay with being a little more assertive. But when I was younger, absolutely not. Because I don't know, I had this idea that how do I know you like me or you really want to date me if you don't approach me first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like that's not necessarily true. Now, one of the greatest things in the book, we I talked to a bunch of experts because the whole point of the book was essentially to put women in a position of directedness. Mm-hmm. But in order to be in the driver's seat, you have to know how to drive. Mm-hmm. So it was like teaching them all the skills. And one of the skills is learning how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. So we uh, talked to a pickup artist. And essentially, that's like a sub-community of men who just hyper-focus on how to get women. Mostly into the bed, but yeah. um, in general, like... It's men who lack confidence, probably don't have the natural aesthetic that women are just drawn to. Kind of like Hitch. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the, you know how, uh, what's that dude's name who was the person who needed the Hitch help? Like Will Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He needed the like, advice. Yeah, it was yeah. the dumpier the, yeah, dude. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So those kind of dudes, Got it was you. a coaching service for them to get into the game. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of valuable things that you can learn from pickup artistry. But the pickup artist was saying to us that, Going up to people is a skill, mm-hmm. just like riding a bike, right? The more that you do it, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. And then you can start adding new tricks to it. But just because you can ride a bike does not mean you're going to be a good boyfriend. Mm. Right. And that's what the aha I had to realize is that somebody coming up to you and being able to start a conversation had nothing to do with how compatible they we were or even oftentimes how much they liked me. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just how much they were in practice of doing that. Mm. And the dude who was in really good practice of going up to people probably goes up to a lot of people. Right. right. So I think that that was a good perspective shift for me. And I made the first move in my in my marriage. Really? Um, yeah, like I made it. I did. It was like I played a game with it, which I think is fun. I mm-hmm. like games. Yeah. Some people, I love games and dating. I followed him. Mm-hmm. And then I left a comment maybe. And then he DM'd me. And then I left like a lukewarm response in return. And mm-hmm. then he didn't say anything. Mm. So I was like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> So I waited for his birthday, and then I sent him a birthday message, and then he DM'd me, and his DM was just, do you want to hang out? And I was like, yes. Um, So it was like... Yeah, so it's not like, because when I imagine, like, women being assertive and hitting on men, like you said, I imagine them being like, oh, can I buy you a drink? You're thinking of it being aggressive. Yeah, Yeah, and I just, I don't have it. I'm already awkward, so it's like, I'll walk up and like, I like your shoes. (laughs) You're not awkward, because real awkward people are annoyed right now. (laughs) Well, I just feel like, I just, you know, sometimes for me... You're co-opting the space. Yeah, but for me, it's just like, I am not a good conversation starter. Like, I can talk to her, we can do this show, because she's here. Mm -hmm. And this is my best friend, and she makes me feel comfortable but like when yeah. we go into a room of people and like have to network and do all that I'm usually in the I'm back I'm always the one that and she's like hi I'm Dre this is Les and I'm in the back like huh yes like it yes as much as it sounds crazy like it really is I would like think that. of it I don't think of you as awkward at all but mm-hmm. I would I did think that you were the more extroverted dominant one in the pair mm-hmm. no I'm not the more at extroverted all. one oh, wow. and people always respond that way too when they find out they're like really and we're like yeah you know Lex will just be standing there she gets socially awkward yes very extreme I think you're 
anxiety kicks in really Oh, bad. for sure. Yeah. Like, the first time we went somewhere and people, like, kind of knowing who we were, mm-hmm. we had went to support um, Wheezy when her show had came yep. out. And she had, like, a little screening. And when I, don't, let me not say little. It was a big screening. And there was a lot of people there. And so many people were lined up to take pictures. And then they started lining up because mm-hmm. we were over there waiting for Wheezy. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I just went and I, like, sat in the corner of the theater. So nobody could say, was like, where's Lex? Yeah. Where's Lex? And I was like, she's not here. <laughs> so for me, it's like I've never been a dominant dater. I'm always the person who I'm scared to ask for what I want, what I need. And I end up in situations with guys like it'd be like, OK, this is cool, but I want so much more. And then I look up and it's like we've been dealing with each other for a certain amount of time. And it's like, OK, you can't start all of a sudden asking for shit now, you know what I'm saying? Or asking for a switch up now because they thought that you didn't require this. Right. So I always was finding myself in like really bad situations because I wasn't more dominant and assertive about exactly what I wanted. I always try to be like the cool girl that doesn't care. Yeah. Oh, I don't be tripping. It's okay. And it's like, damn, but you're not happy. Right. So yeah, that's something I'm definitely, definitely working on because I'm so bad at it. I'm very bad at it. That's a big perspective shift. I think a lot of us grow up thinking that being in a healthy or successful relationship is being chosen, Mm -hmm. not actually choosing to be there Mm -hmm. like if you had your pick like do you have fun do you feel sexy do you feel cool do you feel wanted do you feel Mm -hmm. right like would you actually choose to be here Mm -hmm. and then if you're like no but I am chosen by somebody and that's more important then it's really fucking not right Right. and I had to ask myself that too I was having a conversation with my therapist one time when we're gonna get to my toxic relationship later (laughs) but she was talking to me she was like you know you, you say that you want this man so bad but she was like it's an ego thing. Like you're just happy that somebody's here and like giving you attention. Attention. You don't really want this man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I really low key don't, because I realized I was just dealing with him and I was waiting for somebody to come save me. That's really how it was. I kept saying, well, he's here for right now. And I kept saying, I just can't wait to find my man. And people like you, you have a whole relationship. I'm like, this is just not my. Person. And you can't find your person while you wasting time with somebody else. That's yeah. not for you. Lord, say the word, Drea. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So we also wanted yes. to talk to you about too, because you know we're both in our thirties. I'm 32. Lex is about to be 34. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about becoming a mom in your thirties. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I highly feel, recommend. Yes, I do too. I'm. That's why I wanted to talk to somebody about it because I think that so many people think that if you don't have a baby by 30, like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like people be all up in our uteris. Like, some people actually prefer to wait. Mm-hmm. So I do want to add a caveat to this because Mm -hmm. I have become more versed in this conversation recently. Mm -hmm. And... I think that that's not a bad thing because technology is changing rapidly. Right. So I didn't have my first kid until 35 Mm -hmm. and my second kid at 37. And it was the best thing for me. There Mm -hmm. isn't a day sooner that I would have wanted to become a mom. And even trying to conceive wasn't, it took us six months Mm -hmm. and I needed that time Mm -hmm. because each missed period, I was like, do I really want this? And then by the time I actually got pregnant, I was like, 10 toes down, really in it, my womb, my heart, my soul, my spirit. Like, this is truly what we wanted. So Mm. everything was in perfect time, I think, for me. And even now as a mom, acknowledging how much sacrifice it takes, I know I would have been resentful knowing how ambitious I am, Mm -hmm. knowing how much I wanted to do on this planet. If I didn't feel like I had already accomplished as much as I already have, Mm -hmm. I think this experience would have been totally different. Right. Because it's everything people say. Mm. It's all the joy, 
all of the laughs, it's all of the most warm and fuzzy moments mm-hmm. with all of the exhaustion and the draininess and the loss of connection with friends and family member and loss of connection with yourself and the lack of time. You realize, truly realize like how finite time is. I was mm-hmm. actually saying this morning, like, I truly lust for the days where I could get ready. Mm. Like, you guys look amazing today. Thank you. So do you, though. Don't do it. No, you you really do. my version of amazing, but I used to be able to put on mascara, put on an outfit and be like, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Clip an extra hair. Maybe get some gel that was different colored hair to make me, like, to match my vibe for the day. Like, Mm -hmm. it was two hours, and it was, like, an artful time for me, and Mm -hmm. now I just don't have that. Mm -hmm. So there are moments that I... That, are, that can cause you to be resentful. But because I actively chose this, I knew what I was signing up for, and I had my time. Mm-hmm. I had my time in my 20s of looking amazing and cute. I had right. my time of making my own outfits if I didn't feel like something really worked at the time and getting out a sewing machine. Like, I had mm-hmm. that time already. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, on to the nuance part. It is important to acknowledge that it is challenging. It can be very challenging to have children in your 30s. And 35 mm-hmm. plus, it gets more difficult. And that's a reality that a lot of people you know, invest in stories like mine and mm-hmm. then don't actually invest in looking to see if that's possible for their bodies. Right. I didn't do that. So go and get your ovarian reserve tested. Go and talk to a gynecologist about your health. Mm-hmm. Some of these tests can be, one, free at certain clinics, two, you know, um, they can be very helpful, not just even for your fertility journey, but your overall health. Yeah. Right. When you realize certain hormone levels are way down, you're like, oh shit, now mm-hmm. I realize why I have such bad acne, or right. now I realize why I get really moody, mm-hmm. or why my periods are so painful. So go and do that. Don't look at that like, I don't want to take the magic away or the mystery away. There are certain scientific tools that are available to women today to make inf- more informed decisions about their fertility, and you should be leaning into those. Yes, um, for sure. I will personally take my kids... I mean, if things will progress, but if today my kids were 16 years old, 18 years old, I would take them to get their ovarian reserve tested. Mm. I'd be like, do you have the normal amount of eggs for somebody at your age? Right. What does this information tell you? If you're really, really low, then maybe if you really want kids, it's a dream come true for you. Let's start having a different kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. But it's just good to know. We were actually talking about like freezing our eggs really soon because I'm still kind of like on the fence if I want kids or not, you know? But like I said, I love hearing people's stories. Like, you know, you had your first kid when you were 35. Because I just like, I just need a little time. Like, I just need some time. Yeah. And that's the big thing for me. Because like you said, how you used to get ready in the morning. And like, that's one thing that makes me feel good. It's like getting up, going to work out, you know, running my errands and doing and having my me time. So how do you find that me time? Because you're running a business, you're a wife, mm-hmm. you're a mother, you're a friend, you're all these things. So how do you carve out that time for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You yeah. got to do it. That's though. the answer. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had a better, I was giving, I was on a podcast once and they were asking that like, all oh, about time with your kids. And I was like, when I'm with my kids, because I'm a working mom, so mm-hmm. my kids are one of my kids are in daycare. The other one was with a nanny during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. Yeah, like I'm focused on that. I'm not trying to worry about cooking. I'm not worried about cleaning. I'm mm-hmm. just with them. But I was like, you fucking liar. You have a housekeeper. Right. Like Ooh. add that in. You know. Mm-hmm. Like you. Have I help. honestly have not found. There's no way of making more hours. There's no way of making more of you. So the only way that I have found successful to find balance in my life is to 
pay for things that I don't want to do so mm-hmm. I can spend more time doing the things that I want to do. Gotcha. It's coming up off that money. Mm. I keep so much less money in my pocket because I have to hire a housekeeper. I have to hire external help. And everything comes to my house. My nail lady mm-hmm. comes to the house. Mm. If I'm our workout trainer has to come to the house because mm-hmm. I don't have the time for the commute. Poor so, minds comes to It comes house. to my house. <laughs> but What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Lex P. And it's your girl, Dre and Nicole. And we are here to tell y'all about stitchfix.com. Now, if y'all follow me, y'all know I did a whole revamp on my wardrobe this year. Y'all know I really didn't used to put it on, but now I low-key like be putting it on a little bit. So what stitchfix.com is, is they'll give you a personal stylist. All you have to do is answer a few questions of like where you like to shop, what's your price range, your size, and they send everything to you. Yes, and they have a lot of sizes available from extra small to 3XL, and they have over 1,000 brands and styles available. Now, that's what I like to see, because I like a little wide variety. Sometimes I want to give boho. Sometimes I want to go to a dinner party. Sometimes I want to give tea party. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're trying to go, stitchfix.com is going to get you hooked up. I'm telling y'all, this is where I get all my little fits and pieces put together. And the main thing that I love about it, on your first order, if you keep all your pieces, you're going to get 25% off. And if the things that you don't like, you won't get 25% off, but you can send it back. No charge on shipping, exchanges, any of that. So what you're going to go, what you're going to do is go to stitchfix.com backslash poor minds. That's stitchfix.com slash poor minds. Put it on y'all. They gonna see you. Period. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, XP. And it's your girl, Dre and Nicole. And y'all know one thing about me and Dre, we love to be on a health journey and working out, eating good. And how we eat good is HelloFresh.com. Yes, I love anything that makes my life much more simple. I love that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your doorstep. And with it being summertime, you know, we trying to lose a little weight. We trying Mm. to stay toned. So they have their fresh and fit meal kits and their calorie smart and protein smart. Yes, those are the two best ways to lose weight. Y'all always be asking us how we stay in shape. Hello Fresh. It's all about what you eat. You can be in the gym all you want, but you know them nice bodies are made in the kitchen. So what you're going to do is go to hellofresh.com backslash poorminds50 and you're going to get 50% off and free shipping off of your first order. I'm telling y'all, groceries are expensive. You're going to want to do this. So go to hellofresh.com backslash poorminds50. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, XP. And it's your girl, Dre and Nicole. And y'all know, life is hard. It's super hard. So one thing that we have done that has helped us navigate and get through it is BetterHelp.com. Yes, it's always so many decisions. Decisions with your relationship, decisions mm. with your friendships, decisions with your careers. Yes. So it's always easier to have an unbiased opinion and somebody that you can talk to and get advice from and help you out. And one thing that I love the most about BetterHelp that I always stress is that you can literally do it from the comfort of your own home. So it's no excuse not to go to therapy. Yes, we ain't got no excuses no more. All you gotta do is pick up your phone. Y'all be scrolling on the timeline anyway pick up your phone even if your phone off Ooh. if you got wi-fi you could go to better help yes so what you're gonna do is go to betterhelp.com backslash poor minds and you're gonna get 10 percent off mm-hmm. and you're gonna save some money it's no excuse yeah we all need help get it betterhelp.com backslash poor minds and you're gonna get 10 percent off of your first month go get your therapy 
that's one of the luxuries, that's though, a luxury. of waiting that's right, that's until yeah. you're in your 30s and you're successful to have a child because you can afford all of these things. Yes. That otherwise, you know, a lot of people in their 20s when they're younger and they have kids, you can't afford the extra help. Right. So then you're even more stressed out. And I feel like it makes the parenting experience less enjoyable yes Mm -hmm. it can but if it's like if it was truly in your joy to have kids my sister had her kids at 25 Mm -hmm. so you have a very different experience Mm -hmm. and that is my sister's perfect experience she's turning Mm. 40 this year okay and since she was in her 20s she's been looking forward to her 40s Mm -hmm. because she knew her kids were going to be teenagers yeah So she's like, my 40s will be an incredible decade for me. Yeah. I'm not going to have that experience. I'm not going to have freedom again until 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. a trade-off that happens with that. But again, True. I make peace with the fact that I did my free shit. I moved around. Mm-hmm. I slept on couches. I yeah. I did that. I had casual. I did all the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So when I had kids, I was like, okay, like, I obviously still have fun. Yeah. Uh, I like my life. Right, but- right. <laughs> Definitely, there's a trade-off there happens. But I think for my sister, it was the perfect time for her. Mm. Is it something that you knew you always wanted? Like you knew eventually you always wanted to be a mom or were you Mm -hmm. on the fence? No, I didn't know for sure. I didn't want to have kids for a long time. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to have kids until... I got married and I was mm-hmm. like, this is great. We should probably share this with somebody. Mm. Oh my God. Okay. See, I have hope. Okay. Yeah. I have hope. I have hope. Cause I, I've been like, so like, no, no, I'm outside. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as I get older, I'm like, you know, you know, like, and you just have to find me. the right person. Yes. You see, we my was baby yeah, Babies to love me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think you're, you'll be a great mother. You're very motherly. Yes, and I like I'm my nephews. Like they are, I talk about my. I'm the one that's like, oh, look at him, look at him, girl. Mm-hmm. That that's definitely me. So now that I know that, you know, you kind of it changed your mind. Life can change. Oh my your gosh, mind. I would never go back. I love it, yeah. and I can very confidently talk to you about all the shitty parts too. Right? <laughs> Even the stuff that's kind of hard though, I like. like right. Yeah. The right. fact that I don't have as much time to work on me provides such an excuse mm-hmm. that is very comforting. Right. Mm-hmm. Even for like not. For feeling like I don't have to compete with like the young hot girls anymore. Yeah. Right. I'm in a different You're free. I'm in a different room. I'm yes. a mom now. I'm a mother. It's I love okay, it. You know? I can't wait to get on that side. I'm I trying do. to get out of this side. I can't imagine being my age right now and not having kids and then still I think feeling the pressure to feel like I have to compete. But mm-hmm. maybe you you don't have that. But I think in those ways it has given me more self-compassion and just more yeah more breaks well I think for me I don't feel like I have to compete but I definitely feel like I have like an image to keep up you know what I'm saying like I always have to be like so when people catch me in the airport or catch me in Target they be like oh my gosh I'm like oh god you know I'm supposed to be the dolled up and all this, so it's like it's a lot of pressure, but but when you're a mother, well, when you're a mother, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like I can it's a be like different. I got to <laughs> change little quick, quick diaper. Yeah, I can look a little crazy because you see what's going on. You, you see, see what I got going on. You gotta give me a little grace. I understand that you mm-hmm. have time this morning, yes. right? I understand and love yes. that for you. But when you have kids, yeah. mm-hmm. when you, ha- I'm a mother. Things get a little different. Yes, but I'm definitely gonna be a nanny girl. So I'm glad you said it because I always would feel sure, like me too. when I say that, like, I know when I have a kid, like, I'm going to have a nanny. Like, I'm yeah. straight up. People are like, oh, oh, my gosh. Well, you're already setting it up to where you're not going to be around your kid. It's like, but it's not when they hear the word I'm nanny, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So do you feel like sometimes people try to take away from, you know, your motherhood because you have so much help? That's a I mean, that has to be a location thing. Yeah. Because I think it's interesting that you're you guys live in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where. I talked to um, cocktails and they were both like, we'd love to quit our jobs when we have children mm-hmm. and look after them. Yeah. And I was like, but you have amazing jobs. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, as somebody who didn't quit, I love what I do. We do something very similar. 
Um, so that's just, I think, culturally there, it's more assumed that mm-hmm. you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. We're mm-hmm. in L.A., like, nannies are the culture. So. Like, it's normal. It's normal. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So continuing to work and continuing to, you know, strive for your own level of excellence with the caveat that you have a little bit less now, I think it is normal. But, no, I've never had anybody. I also don't really, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't consider myself the world's best mom and I'm doing the best that I can, and I'm always trying to learn and be better at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not an area where if somebody was just like, "You're not a good mom because of this." And first right. and foremost, one of my kids ten will talk. Right. You know right. What I mean, like, let's see what what's good, right? Like mm-hmm. when my kid well, is. Well, their environment is lit. Like if y'all need a third <laughs> yeah. kid, I, you know what I'm saying? I get the adoption papers pulled up because yeah. I wouldn't mind. I feel like ultimately that's all that matters, anyways. It's just about what your kids think. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, if oh. they think you were a great mom, then That's you're a great all mom. that matters. And I also just know myself. I don't, and I think it's a gift if you have the patience to be around your kids at all times. Mm-hmm. I'm a better mom when I have a break from them. Mm-hmm. I'm a better mom when I work on me, and I can bring that life. And that was something I always, as a perspective shift for me, was this book that I read that said that um, mothers have a responsibility to give milk and honey. And mm. some mothers can only give milk, which is mm. sustenance, food, water, shelter, structure, yes. discipline. But honey is a lust for life. It's a mm. joy. It's that sparkle in your eye. Mm. And I get my honey from doing what I feel like I was born to do. Right. And I get my honey from having sex with my partner. I get yes. my honey from going on date nights. I get my honey from hanging out with friends. And so mm. that's something I bring back to my children. And I can look them in the eye and say, life is good, because mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Yes. Yeah. No, and no offense to anybody but this is crazy i can honestly say we've done a lot of episodes with people with kids and without you are the first person to make me feel like okay motherhood not that bad Mm -hmm. for real like the way you just like because you like you said it's a lot of bad but it's like because that is me like i've been like i never wanted kids and it's like you kind of change your mind as you get older so I appreciate that perspective, honestly, because I've never looked at it like, you know, like the milk and honey theory you just said, because I'm going to need all that. I Mm -hmm. know myself. I am going to need my vacations with just me and my man or just me and my friends. Right. I'm going to need that. But it's like I still want to have that time to, you know. Carl, I want to give little Jackson a little peeny, a little cousin or something. You know what I'm saying? A little one-two. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, I always have known I wanted to be a mom. I just haven't found the right partner yet. Yes, but I always same. knew that when it's that time for me, I'm definitely not going to want to lose myself in being a mom. Mm. I feel like so many people do that. Like, of course, I want to be there for my children, and I want to be the best mom that I can be, but I don't want to lose who I was before I had my child, now that I'm a mother. Yes. It's so many women that once they have a child, everything is all about the child. And I do feel like your child should be number one, but you still need to be yourself. You still don't need to lose need sight of the things that you enjoyed before you had your child. Mm-hmm. Unless being a mother is your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Like exactly. There's this word that's called ikigai. Mm-hmm. I think that's right but essentially it's like your why for life like why you get up in the morning mm-hmm. and if that has been children for you and that is some people's truth that's true yeah there are people who work in ece like that they, they want to raise the next generation that's what they love to do mm-hmm. it's not my story yeah and i think that's what being and in my 30s either. allowed me to do is i didn't put the pressure on myself to mm-hmm. become that right you know once i became a mom i was very honest about who i was mm-hmm. who i wasn't and i invited a family into my picture with that reality in mind mm-hmm. and if i was surprised by certain things then great i've you know, shifted with it, but I also wasn't disappointed if I didn't all of a sudden become the person who wanted to chill with my kids twenty four seven. Because right. I really fucking don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, you can have it all: the career, the family, mm-hmm. the husband, everything. with money. 
With money. With money. That, that's what, like, you and Dre are right yeah. here. She's like, with money. Because Dre, you need the money. we were talking about that this morning. She was like, I don't know. It's going to be different for me. Because when you have money, it's going to be a little different. It is. Money. It is. So I'm I glad that like you said that. Le- life is more stressful. Money is not everything for sure. But it life sure is hard help. as hell without it. Facts. Yes. I can tell you. My bank account. Ooh, Lord have mercy. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Lex P. And it's your girl, Dre Nicole. And y'all know, Orlando, we owe y'all, so we coming back in a big way. August 10th, Poor Minds is coming to Orlando for our live show. Yes, we coming to Orlando Improv. I cannot wait to see all of y'all faces. You know, unfortunately, we had to reschedule these mm-hmm. days. So I'm super excited to come out and see y'all. Doors open at 7. Yes, and the show starts at 8, and we back bigger than yeah. ever. Let me tell y'all, y'all should be happy because this show, this round, is super lit. So Orlando, August 10th. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. Orlando Improv. We'll see y'all and we outside, Buki. Period. Put it on, because we coming. Come on, man. July 16, man. You know what time it is. QC, Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. We coming to the Bojangles Arena. With the Bowberry Biscuit. See how excited she was? That's how excited y'all better be. July 16, we come to the QC. Come to the show. July 16, come to the show. Come on now. You gotta walk away from the game. Yeah, see that? topic i really wanted to talk about this with you um because i haven't ever talked about this publicly i think everybody and of course my friends and my family know this but i went through a really 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 bad breakup last year so last year was like very hard for me congratulations so um yes thank you jo- oh, i got rid of that shit <laughs> so at the beginning of the year um i lost my mother then i got in a relationship and it was just already a toxic relationship Um, But I was in obviously a vulnerable state and I kind of leaned on this person. And let me, this is not a time to like bash him or anything, but it was kind of like I was just in a vulnerable state. And I, if I would have listened to my first mind, I would have never leaned on him. I should have leaned on my sister. I should have leaned on Dre. I should have leaned on all my friends around me. So Mm -hmm. long story short, um... I had dealt with a lot of him dealing with other women behind my back when I was 100% being loyal to him. We were in a relationship. He, like, literally the day I went to Breakfast Club, it was, like, a big deal. I did Breakfast Club for the first time, and we had a show in New York the night before, and it was just so much going on. And it was, like, he was in Houston with another girl and breaking up with me and making me feel just so bad. Like, I couldn't even celebrate these moments. And on top of that, I'm still grieving my mother. So in the long run, it did such a number on my confidence. Like, I felt like, okay, maybe this is just your story. You don't deserve love. You don't look good. You wasn't fine enough. You're not funny enough. Because I was thinking the whole time, 
I'm going hard in my career because this is what I want to do. But half of me was like, let me try to prove to him that I'm worthy. Let me show him that I can get a check. Let me show him that I'm a boss. And it was like, I did all of these things and I felt like you're still not good enough. So it took a big chunk out of my confidence. And so the reason I'm glad I'm actually admitting this on camera to all of our listeners, because the number one thing that they say to us the most is like, oh my God, Lex and Dre, y'all gave us so much confidence. And you know, Dre is the kind of person she's always been like, I'm that bitch. For me, it was like, <laughs> they they saw the progression of me. Because when we first came on the show, I used to come, no makeup, nappy ass wig, and this and that. And it's like, they saw me start, you know, Dre been like, Lex, you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, look at you. And they saw her pour into me and build me up to where I had this confidence. And it's like, in a matter of six months, mm -hmm. this person completely took it away from me. Mm -hmm. So the first, like, two months of this year... I was really spending, like, building myself back up. So I'm in public talking about, yeah, girl, fuck that nigga, fuck that nigga, and I could not leave my problem alone. Mm -hmm. I'm giving people advice on how to feel beautiful, and I felt ugly. I felt terrible about myself. So getting to the point, I want to talk about how to get your confidence back after a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I'm still working on it. You know, I'm a lot better now, um, but... It's still a work in progress, mm -hmm. and it's going to take some time to undo the things, you know, this person did. So can you give us a little insight on, like, confidence and dating and things like that? Thank you for sharing that. Yes, I'm, really sorry. I'm so sorry about your mom. I yeah. Girl, it's been a struggle, but that's what I said, because I don't want to seem like he is um, manipulating and conniving, but right. he knew he caught me slipping, because he knew what I was going through. And yeah. I kind of felt like he took advantage of that a little bit. So mm -hmm. for me, it was just kind of like, damn, I got to go on here every Friday and preach to these girls to love themselves and don't deal with a man who don't love you. And I'm dealing with a man who don't love me. Mm -hmm. I felt so. And I'm glad I said this, too. I have felt so fake being on the show, preaching the shit I preach. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times me and Dre, we sit down and Dre be like this and I'll be like, yeah, girl, fuck these niggas. Like, mm -hmm. no. And I'm just like, damn, you're literally dating the man that you're talking about not telling these girls not to do right. it. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk about today, like getting your confidence back and being true to who you are and what you deserve. And like you said, dating with dominance mm -hmm. and yes. asking for what you want and what you need. And mm -hmm. we're not talking about materialistic things. It's easy to ask somebody for, you know, a phone bill. Well, I'm talking about what you need mentally mm -hmm. and emotionally. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those cases where it's good to go back to go forward. Mm -hmm. And what really helped me, I know so many people are relating to you so hard right now. And I have your exact story. Mm -hmm. Copy and paste, probably even down to the story of you having this really high moment. My partner was invited to BET Awards and he was like, oh, we should go. And I was like, yeah. And I, he was like, have you been before? I was like, no, I was supposed to go, but I didn't end up going. Um, he was like, why? And I was like, oh, God, my partner picked a fight with me before. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have those moments and that person takes those as opportunities to deflect. Yeah, mm -hmm. You know, some of the lack that they're feeling. But anyhow, I relate to what you're saying deeply and what really helped me was to go back to intellectualize and understand it to side with myself. Mm. Because what's difficult sometimes about building confidence out of a place of shame mm -hmm. is that you're always trying to other yourself from who you were and what you went through rather than hugging yourself. Mm. Because if you really understood it, you'd be like, 
love is addictive mm-hmm. and manipulative mind games are a real thing. Yeah. So there's a couple of books I recommend for you that I read them and I screamed when I read them because it was almost as if I flipped my partner's, my ex-partner's mattress and saw a potion recipe that he had had on me mm-hmm. because there are strategic things that people can do to get you hooked beyond reason, beyond yes. logic, right? It's the doctor who tells people about obesity and struggles in the same place or the addictive therapist who also has their own addictions. Mm-hmm. It's just because nobody is above these things if right. they're utilized with you, to you in the right way at the right time. Mm-hmm. So love is a drug naturally. And if you are in a low place and somebody knows how to pull your strings, and we now know words like love bombing and yes. gaslighting, and those are so crucial. So I read a book that's called Dark Psychology, and it breaks down the different manipulation tactics that people can use. Mm. Read that identify the one that was happening to you and be like, fucking, like, Lex, I get it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Reading about evolutionary psychology and why we are bond, we are bond to make, uh, we are born to make bonds Mm -hmm. and then be like, I get it. I get why I was so hooked on something because our brains are not designed to be happy. They're designed for survival. And a really fucked up thing happens when we're in toxic relationships where the person that we look to for safety is also sometimes a person who harms us. Mm -hmm. So what your brain, your attachment does is when that person is a danger to you, you might immediately go into fight or flight and want to separate. But then once you're at a place of peace, you want to go back to your safe space Mm -hmm. for comfort and for shelter. And the safe space is the person who hurt you. So it creates this very bizarre cycle that happens to many people, which is why they have the stat takes somebody seven different times to leave their abuser Mm. on average. So give yourself hugs. I just don't say that. Don't go and research, try to understand, try to side with yourself. Siding with yourself is such an overlooked. I sometimes hear people on podcasts who are, you know, healed or born again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to be a hoe. Now I'm this. Right. <laughs> I used to be an idiot. Now I'm really smart. Right. It's like, well, why were you an idiot? Right. Why are you, refer- why are you degrading your past self? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't side with you, the past you, you're also going to have a hell of a time um, siding with the present you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that bit of, you know, going back and accepting the decisions that you made and acknowledging why you made them and embracing them, mm. knowing better now and doing better now with the information that you have, but knowing that if you didn't have that information, how would you know? Right. And I'm glad you said that because that's what I've been struggling with now because, like, I'm in a new situation and the way he communicates is just, like, a complete 180. And I'm like, okay. Like, I had an issue with him this weekend. He kind of made me upset. And I was, like, so worried. And I kept talking to Dre about it. And I'm like... If I say something to him, he's going to think I'm nagging. I'm, I was worried about not being the cool girl that doesn't care. And, you know, because and then I was dealing with somebody in the past who every time I brought him an issue, it was met with resentment. Oh, you're you always tripping. I didn't even do that. You always getting mad at this and X, Y, Z. So it got to the point to where I just don't voice my problems anymore to people. I just swallow it, sweep it under the rug and move on. So, because if bringing up your problem causes a bigger problem, mm-hmm. right? And then it would just make me feel like, why did I even say anything? So I was like, Dre was like, you know what? She was like, you can't put on him things that people have done to you in the past, and so you can't was, assume what you think you he's gonna ass- say or how he's gonna respond before right. actually having a conversation with him and giving him the opportunity to respond. He might respond in a positive way, mm-hmm. and he did. Yeah. Yes. So it was kind of like. I swallowed my pride and it was crazy because I was so nervous. I talked to him about it and I still even wasn't saying it. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like beating around the bush. She was like, babe, tell me exactly what, tell me exactly what I did and exactly how you felt. I need you to say it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm upset because you did this and it made me feel like this. He was like, 
I am so sorry. He was like, I had no idea. Thank you for sharing that with me. He was like, you, I, I don't know these things if you don't tell me, you know? And it was very like a healthy conversation. I'm like, oh shit. Yes. What is this? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm in the point where I, I was having a conversation with my um, friend this morning and I'm glad you said that as far as like forgiving myself. Because now that I'm dealing with him, and even you know, if we work out, me and him, or if we don't, he's teaching me how to communicate. And that's something I can use for the rest of my life. So now I'm like mad at myself for last year and for letting my ex, letting that situation go on. Mm -hmm. So it's like now I'm just dealing with being mad at myself and I'm trying to forgive myself and give myself grace. But it's so hard because yeah. I'm like, I cannot believe I let myself hit rock bottom like that when I was already going through something that needed, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm going to get emotional, but I, it was, I was going through something so bad that I needed my people around me. And instead of me leaning on my people, I leaned on something that was so bad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so now I have to go through the motions of like, even forgiving him. And he doesn't, I had to block him on everything. You know, I had to, my therapist was like, we gotta, we gotta get past this. So now I'm in the, like I said, I'm trying to forgive myself and I'm trying to get past it. Mm -hmm. And like, really, you sometimes you got to forgive people for things that they're not sorry for. Yeah, for sure. So that is what I'm dealing with as far as like, you know, getting my confidence back and just letting it go. I feel like, you know, the crazy part is, <laughs> it's just crazy how things flow into one another because that's actually a really good segue into our next topic, yeah. which is practicing detachment. Yes. And I think that even going back to what you were saying earlier with your new relationship and new situation that you're in, I think it's like a trauma type of thing to start practicing detachment with a person who actually is willing to do the work and actually really cares about you. Yeah. But you're so afraid because of this previous situation that you've been in. Mm -hmm. Cause I look, I'm a Leo now. So when I date, I'm like, oh, girl, this is my man, my yeah. man, my man, and we in love. So you practicing much, it with the wrong people. Yeah. So it's like I think you need a little balance yeah. when you first start dating. So I wanted to talk about that too. So like, it's when you date, you can't be like, oh, I'm in love with this person with mm -hmm. like the first day or two. So how do you practice dating with like detachment if you're like a person who mm -hmm. is used to love bombing and falling in love and you fall hard in the mm -hmm. beginning? I'm a big fan of slow love strategies, which are ways to delay commitment. Okay. Whether that means that you implement hard rules. Like I started out with my partner as fuck buddies. It wasn't a strategy for us to become anything more than that, but mm. it ended up being that. I love a sneaky link. And so y'all had a conversation yeah. about it. Yes, definitely. Wow. We were, I was coming out of a very toxic relationship. Okay. I knew emotionally I didn't have what it took to mm -hmm. get together with somebody else because I had to go back to go forward. Yeah. And... I was actually, at the time that I was with my ex, I was in school for sexology. And sometimes in toxic relationships, sex is one of the first things to go, mm -hmm. or one of the last. In our cases, we stopped having sex. It was an awful relationship, but I was learning all this cool shit. So when I got out of it, I'm like, I know I'm not ready mm -hmm. for an emotional bond. Mm -hmm. But God damn it, someone has to see this cool shit that I've learned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, and I deserve pleasure. So I just right. wanted to invite a sexual partner in my life. And so it ended up being that. But that is something I've learned about later of just the importance of slow love, keeping in mind that we're born to bond and that your brain wants to make fast decisions. Mm -hmm. And some of the things from an evolutionary perspective that we might find attractive, like aggression, mm -hmm. um, which would have been helpful 200 years ago, are actually not that helpful today. Right, so right. you also have to give yourself a, a, a chance for logic to kick in. Mm -hmm. So I think dating lots of people is great. It's setting up parameters for yourself, because knowing you... Knowing what makes you go to the next level with mm -hmm. somebody 
and then stopping yourself before you get there. If that's sleepovers, don't have sleepovers. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. There's little things I did, like I changed my partner's ringtone in my phone. So if he called, I wouldn't always be doing that thing where I'd like, oh, is it you? And then feeling sad if it's not. Mm-hmm. So, oh, because that's that's me. That'd be me. Yeah. I got to tie that into a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's ways that your body can trick you to feeling like somebody is more important to you and that you're closer than you actually right. are. Mm-hmm. So if you know that about yourself, it's like kind of setting up those guardrails. Um, I think dating multiple people is very important for a very long time. Okay. I think Just so to too. allow yourself the space to not get too and also it's the benefit to that person too mm-hmm. it allows me to show up more re- relaxed we talked about this before yes. how that's like one of the no-brainer tips in great sex like just fucking relax, just mm-hmm. relax. it's the same thing with dating too mm, right. and it's hard to relax if you feel like the stakes are really really high and this mm-hmm. is all you've got this is your shot at love yeah um so i i mean but you're already with somebody so this is all null and void for you so well well it's still kind of fresh too you know <laughs> what i'm saying so it's like it's something new for me so yeah I still do want to take things slow. Like, I, and I want us to enjoy this moment. Like, I don't want us to be looking, okay, like, are we getting married or not? Are we, like, I don't want to do that yet. I just want to enjoy us and this new thing, you know? But I know how my brain can get. And see, I feel like my slow. problem is I have detachment down to a science to where it's unhealthy. Mm. Yeah. Like, to the point that me and my current partner, we have issues with that because it's like anytime something happens and I don't like it I'm always ready to walk away yes mm-hmm. so I'm not really ever willing to work through things yeah I got married thinking about divorce really wow. but that's because that's the way that I was brought up to mm-hmm. and also from my past relationship mm-hmm. it was like oh I'm gonna get married but I can always get divorced I always say I'm gonna have two marriages <laughs> <laughs> and that's terrible to say that. I shouldn't even be thinking like that, but we laugh no about way. it. But I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to get married twice. Come on, Elizabeth. Because why are you already planning for your first marriage to mm-hmm. not work out? Right, because of your experiences mm-hmm. and what you've seen. And, you know, you're... And that's valid, too. Um, I think as long as you're you're aware of it, and that's what's really important. Now, mm-hmm. only because I feel like this relationship has made me aware of it. And that's great. Mm-hmm. That's when it's time for to reevaluate, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have developed certain ways of coping and of protecting yourself based on the environments and relationships that you've been in. Mm-hmm. And you keep those up until you're in a different relationship and environment. I don't mm-hmm. need it anymore, right? right. Like I'm going to keep my spear with me if I'm living in the wild. And then once I get into a home and I've been there and it's proven to be safe for me, then I can, I'll put my spear down now. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I think that being aware that the shift has happened, but also being kind to yourself and siding with yourself and acknowledging that you have this spear here for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not crazy. You're not avoidant. You're not afraid of commitment. Like you love yourself and you want to do the best by you. I think I still am a little afraid of commitment. I've always been the type of person where I feel like if I'm dating one person for too long, I start to feel like, well, am I missing out on something? Yeah. But then I'm also not the type of person that feels like I can share somebody either. Like, I'm also still kind of possessive. But then if we're dating for, like, two, three years, I can't help but feel like, okay, maybe is it is there something better out there? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really struggle with, too, because I don't know why I'm like that. Like, I don't know why I'm always wanting more. Salacious. Yes. Never content. Yes. It's called the hedonistic treadmill. Mm-hmm. And that's something to be aware of yourself, too because there's some people who are on that but then also naturally I don't know I kind of feel like when you're with somebody you like best friends Mm -hmm. you've done this before in your life in other places right you have met multiple people and decided that like are you perfect are you the absolute best person in the world yes Mm -hmm. but you know what I'm saying but I think (laughs) yeah could there be other people yeah but right when I look at you as a whole and when I look at myself as a whole and I acknowledge the fact that not only 
is it hard to find someone to love? It's also hard to love me. Mm-hmm. And I found somebody yeah. who's willing to do that. Yeah. Right. And willing to commit to that. Mm-hmm. That's not really worth gambling over. So could there be? Yeah. Yes. But I also, on the other side of staying here, know I'm going to have a great life. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to stand by this decision. So what's what's the danger in letting yourself fall? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think- told her, too, because I have known Dre for a very long time. Obviously, I've seen her through, you know, her handful of men. And I keep telling her, like, this is very different. Oh, I be gone. I be This is very different. Like, this is the first time I actually feel like I've seen her, like, in love. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen, like, we have love for people. And this is the first time she's been in love. And I keep telling her that. Just, like, give yourself patience and give yourself time. But there's no way that you're going to be, like, willing to risk this person. I don't think she should. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, it makes me extremely happy, her and this person. So, I'd be like, don't risk it, girl. Yeah. Don't risk yeah. it. I've been hanging on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this so. New <laughs> very new. Okay. So now we gonna get into, into the bed. Ow. The bed. Bow. The bed. Bow. 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 Okay, so. I could have tried to force it. <laughs> it's all right. You was like, you know, give a little, you know, one, two. <laughs> okay, so first, you know, you said you went to school uh, for sexology. So yes. exactly define what that is for us first. Sexology is the study of sex as it relates to biology, psychology, sociology. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's multiple different ways that a psychologist can show up. I often say a psychologist is to sex, but a nutritionist is to food. Okay, Mm -hmm. gotcha. Okay, perfect, because you can really help us with this. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit on the episode that we just recorded with you, and I was saying how... um, Whenever I uh, have sex with someone, sometimes I can check out in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not there emotionally. And the sex just becomes physical for me. If sex is just physical for me, I don't enjoy it. Like, I am a very emotional person. I have to mentally connect with you spiritually, mm-hmm. emotionally, and physically. I need it all. So, you know, in your 20s, you know, you meet a guy at the club. Y'all go home. Y'all have sex. And it's cool. Y'all can go y'all separate ways. In my 30s, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Talking about my past relationship again, he had done so much stuff to me, but in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm his girlfriend. I have to give him sex because if I don't give him sex, he's going to get it from somebody else. And I don't want to have sex, but I'm going to give him sex because he wants it. And it got to a point to where it was just like, it was like a job. Mm. Like I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I want to talk to people. Now, this, now I was in a toxic situation, but. For people who are like, say, in healthy relationships mm-hmm. and they just have so much going on and they're having sex with their partner, but they've checked out emotionally, mentally. How can you check back in if you love your partner? Y'all have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. because sometimes it's hard to check back in emotionally with your partner in the bed. And sometimes they check out physically as well. So how do you and your partner meet back up in the bedroom when y'all have gone separate ways? I think a lot of people are in the practice of being checked out in their life overall. Right. Mm-hmm. And inviting sensuality into your life as a practice, which is just being with your body mm. and engaging in your five senses, yeah. six mm-hmm. if you believe in that. So that's a very simple thing you could do to ground yourself in this moment. If I'm starting to drift off while I'm talking to you to think about like, oh, time, or my kid, this, the third, like the sound of your voice. Mm-hmm. Let me like focus on that. Let me okay. focus on the way that the chair feels against my leg right now. Let me focus on my breathing. Mm-hmm. What can I do in this moment that brings me back to my body? Mm. And so I think start that practice out of the bedroom. Right. Do that at the DMV. I'm pissed. I'm mad. I'm here for so long. Like, okay, let me get into my body. I'm going to just use my thumb against the palm of my hand and just feel this and focus on this. I'm going to mm-hmm. bring pleasure into my mom- in my life in this moment, despite the fact that maybe the circumstances aren't optimal. 
And then when I'm in the bedroom and it's optimal to experience that and I still don't, I can invite that same practice. But now mm. at least I've gotten a bit more practice at it. Right. Breathing is also a huge one. Something that's actually kind of new for me. I was talking to a sex expert about uh, the sounds we make during sex. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, sex kind of sounds the same for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you like that. You yeah. come for me. You guys, that sound right. is yeah. track. And then he was like, oh, that's not how sex sounds for me. Oh. I was like, well, what does it sound like for you? He's like, <sighs> really? Oh, hell wow. no. <sighs> that's interesting. And I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, that's how sex sounds? He was like, yes. It creates um, head high. Mm. It brings more sensation to sex. Mm-hmm. It grounds me in the moment. It gives something to focus on. And it puts me and my partner, it gives us an audible track to get in sync with each other. And I was oh. like, oh. Have you tried it? No, kind of, yeah, but it's kinda. a little quieter because yeah. you're not confident yet. So right, like, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe we can start like that, though, like breathing together with your partner more so. Like, I'm yeah. just really do it very loud because when he was talking about doing it, he said get as loud as you think you can possibly go. So see what your voice can even sound like, mm. like challenge it. Like, And so I'm going to do it during masturbation. I'm actually going away from my husband for a couple months mm-hmm. and I'm going to have lots of time. Um, so I think I'm going to try it yeah. first with me. You got to right. feel like it's cool for you first right. before you invite yes. someone else into that practice. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's a very, whether you're partnered or you're married or you're single or whatever it is, you, I do think it's really important. It's nice to have a partner you can engage with stuff in. Yeah. But like first figure out if you fucking like that stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, that kind of remind me of the conversations we, the conversation we were having that time when you say you had sex with that guy and he starts screaming like Tarzan. Yeah. It was, was yeah. not that. He was screaming. <laughs> like, scream. I was like, okay, I know this pussy is not that good. But I'm laughing only because, like she said, like, sex sounds different for some yeah. people. Because that's insane, the way you said he was like, He oh. was like, oh. <laughs> and he just kept going, like, holding long and he notes. he was serious. Oh, he was serious. He was, I was like, uh-uh, this ain't. But you know what? I think, I don't know if I could be that confident, like you said, to do mm-hmm. the... <sighs> Together, because my nigga voice kind of deep, and that would kind of scare me. Because sometimes he be growling a little bit. <laughs> but I actually like the idea of us like breathing together, yes, and breathing in sync together. Right. I think I would actually be okay with trying that. Well, like, then if the pleasure is better, the connection is better. Mm-hmm. Both you're seeing your partner twitch in ways you haven't seen before. The fact that their breathing is a little annoying is not going to be the most important thing, right? So right, that's right. the pathway that unlocks a new pleasure potential for both of you. Then mm-hmm. you'll get over it. Mm-hmm. And even that Tarzan thing, like I think <laughs> maybe in my twenties I would have sat, and maybe even five years ago I would have sided with you. And like that was kind of weird, but right. now I would be like I'm with an amazing sexual partner who's authentic because sex never gets boring if I know how to authentic respond to what's happening yeah. and I can't do that if I'm running social scripts in my brain yes. of how I'm supposed to sound what I'm supposed to look like what I'm supposed to do next what I'm supposed to say so mm-hmm. if I'm genuinely reacting to you and you're reacting to me it's gonna be different every single time oh facts mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie like we're kinda into like recording each other now and I was like watching I was like damn that's what I sound that's like that's what I sound like cause in my head when, when I'm doing it it sounds way sexier mm-hmm. than actually like watching I'm like damn so maybe I do sound like Tarzan Man too now see <laughs> I probably sound like him too. He was probably watching this like, bitch, you was you doing it too. Like me. We twins <laughs> or something, Pookie. So I think that's a good method to try too. Is there anything that you do, Drea? Like when you kind of like emotionally checked out or like you're mad at your boo and like, you know, y'all kind of reconnect in the bedroom? I think that that's something that me and you, we both differ in that way. And mm-hmm. I think we actually used to talk about that when you used to talk to me yeah. about your last relationship and you would say like, I never tell him no, I'm never yeah. going to tell him no. Like if I'm not emotionally there, 
I can't have sex with you. Yeah. I don't even want to because I also feel like it's just not fair for you either because I'm not even enjoying it. I'm just doing it just because I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's not healthy. You have yes. to take time for yourself. If you're not feeling like your best self, I don't even want to give that to my partner. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem telling somebody like, look, no, I'm not in the mood to have sex today or even and, and maybe just not even telling them that, but also letting them know what's going on and why I feel right. that way instead of just telling them straight up like, nah, I'm not having sex with you right. tonight. I don't, I'm not in the mood to have sex today and this is why. I haven't been feeling like myself. I feel like I'm off. I feel like my energy is off. I feel off. like we're off. Yeah. I feel like we're off and I just, I don't even want to put that on you because mm-hmm. energy is transferable yes, like we always say. Sure. So yeah, I mean, I just, I can't do it. Right. I'm going to say no. That goes back into being like, you said like dominance in your dating yeah. and telling somebody because I felt like if I ever would tell him no, I'd be like, oh, I don't feel like having sex today because you made me feel like X, Y, Z. He was the type of person to be like, okay, and just roll over and be having an attitude and be but, mad. Yeah. Not like, instead of asking me like, what's wrong? How can I fix this? I want to make you feel better. Be like, mm-hmm. he's in his head. He don't care about what's made me upset. He's mad because we're not having sex. Mm-hmm. Don't give a damn about why I'm not having sex with him. So that's why I, ne- I just never would let it get there. I would just, you know, have sex and go to sleep and then I'm still mad. Like, like, like that's what I said. I'm recognizing the problem yeah. now. But you did tell me that. You'd be like, girl, you crazy. If yeah, I don't because, feel like having sex, I'm not having sex. Because right. I'm not, why would I make a sacrifice for you Right. when you don't even give a damn why I'm upset? Right, exactly. You don't even care to explore why I'm in my feelings or why I'm not feeling like being intimate mm-hmm. right now. You just don't roll over. So why am I going to even go out of my way to try to please you in mm-hmm. that moment? Because you're addicted. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was, I was so addicted and it was just, it was nasty work. Yeah. Mm-mm. You did say y'all had amazing sex though. I mean, we did have amazing sex, but like I said, towards the end, it felt like a job. Yeah. Like as amazing as it was, like it was still good, but I'm still just like, were you having sex with that girl like this? Mm-hmm. Like I, got, I became obsessed. Right. I was like out of my body and it's crazy because one of my best guy friends, he's like my best friend. We actually dated and we're platonic friends now. And I was telling him about a fight that me and my ex had got into and how I was yelling and this and that. He was like, I dated this man for two years. He, I never yelled at him. I never, he was like, I can't even see you getting that upset. Even with my friends, mm-hmm. I don't yell at y'all. So it was like, he was bringing out a side of me that everybody who were the closest people to me, they're like, that's not even you. Right. Yes. You know, so it's like, I had to recognize like he's bringing out like a monster that, I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. So it's like it took things like that for me to recognize, like, okay, you have completely checked out of this, like, in every manner. But the first sign for me was the sex. Like, I was emotionally checked out because, like I said, I'm a very sexual person. Mm-hmm. I love to have sex. So for me not to want to have sex with you, you done did some shit, okay? Right. You done did some shit. Because one thing about me, I'm, I'm fuck, all right? <laughs> So for me to check out emotionally, but that's a situation I shouldn't have checked back in, and I'm glad I didn't. But for the people who have checked out emotionally, right? the breathing is a good tip, you know, to Absolutely. get back in. Or not doing it at all. Not, not doing, doing it at all. Take care of yourself first. Take care of yourself Ask first. Yourself why. Yep, have a conversation. We're big on talking. Amen. We definitely are. up 
y'all? It's your girl XP. And it's your girl Dre Nicole. And Miami, we coming to turn up. I'm excited. I'm excited too. We've been long overdue for a Miami show. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see y'all. It's the perfect way to kind of, I guess, end the summer. Because the summer going to almost be over. And it's like... But August 13th, we're going to be in Miami, Miami Improv. Doors open at 7, show starts at 8. Yes, and I'm telling y'all, look, this is right before my birthday, too, so y'all know I'm finna be lit. Turning that, ooh-wee, I'm finna finna put it on for Miami. I'm telling y'all, listen, August 13th, doors open at 7, show starts at 8, Miami Improv. Y'all, please do not miss this show. Y'all know we're going to have people popping up, rolling up on us. Miami, it's going to be fun. Welcome to Miami. Period. So I'm Miami. Yes, you know. See y'all what soon. the old people used to say, be there or be queer. What was this at? Getting jiggy with it. All right. All right. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, XP. And it's your girl, Dre Nicole. And we just wanted to come and talk to y'all and let y'all know that we do have sponsor packages available for this tour coming up. Yes, for rich or for poor, too. We do have sponsorship packages available. If you would like to be a sponsor for the live tour, all you need to do is hit us up at Drea and Lick Show at gmail.com. That's D-R-E-A-A-N-D-L-E-X-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. And all of the details will be provided to you. But yes, if you want to be a sponsor, if you have a small business, if you have a big business, whatever type of business you got, we all about business. Go ahead and hit us up, and we're going to send you all of the details so that you can get your business sponsored with us for Richard Purport, too. Yes, and like she said, we have different packages available mm-hmm. for purchase. So make sure you all email us, Show at gmail.com, and we'll see y'all on the road, period. So now we're going to go ahead and get into the vibe. The vibe. Hey. The vibe. Ow. The vibe. Ow. Yeah, see? Bow, bow. You now got it. Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. We're going we gonna to call that the shan. All right. Okay. So now so this segment we normally talk about, you know, what we've been listening to. So what music have you been listening to lately? Oh, I really do like Dembo a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going back to Toronto for the summer. Mm-hmm. It's my first time really being back since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So Soka, I'm going for okay. carnival. So I'm doing lots of Soka mixes. Happy shit. Yeah, yeah. really, Feel really good happy. Music. Feel, Feel good, good music. music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm an R&B girl, right? Uh, y'all know I just dropped my playlist the other day. I hope y'all are really liking it. Um, but I found this artist, and it's crazy because he hasn't released music in like two years, and. Um, he has a really good song called Intoxicated Truth. He's, his name is Mazzotti. He's from Dallas, and he's so dope. But it's basically talking about, you know, just being honest with yourself about your relationship and it being okay to move on and, you know, forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's called Intoxicated Truth. It's by Mazzotti. Like, I got a good R&B list for y'all. Y'all gonna love it. I'm gonna put the link below. Get your bop on. You know, I like a little wine session at night, you know, when you get out the shower mm-hmm. and you're doing your nightly routine. So this is definitely that type of playlist for yes. sure. What you been, I already know what you've been jamming, girl. <laughs> but the funny thing is I actually just listened to the album maybe like two days ago. Mm-hmm. I knew it had came out. Gunna has a new album. I knew it had came out, but I hadn't listened to it yet yeah, until yeah. we were at our live show on Friday mm-hmm. and Cliff, one of our agents, was telling me how good the album was. Yeah. And I listened to it and I was like, okay. And we were just talking in the car about how good Fuck You Mean is. Yes. 
That's my favorite song on the album. That's my favorite song, too. And so I just want to say, you know, because it's been a lot of controversy surrounding Gunna. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I am a civilian. (laughs) I ain't in that world. It don't matter if he snitched or not. I'm going to still listen to him. He made made a fire album. He did. And I really love that song. So, yeah. Shout Shout out out to Gunna. Gunna. Okay. (laughs) So, now we're going to get into our favorite segment of the week. It's called Pour Your Heart Out. Uh, If you want your question answered on the show, make sure you email us at askpoorminds at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you're a Patreon member, make sure you put that in the subject line because you get to skip the line. Okay, so we're going to give some advice. Now, we know you give good advice. Right. Okay, <laughs> so you want to read the first one, Drea? Yeah, I'll read it. Okay. Hey, ladies. Well, I've done the unthinkable. I've fallen for my sneaky link. I met him about seven years ago at work. Everything was strictly friends at first. We were BFFs for about two years. During those years, I had developed a secret crush on him. But then life happened, and he went to another job. I would think of him often and wanted to reach out, but I was still in a relationship with my son's father. Fast forward three years, and my baby daddy and I had broken up after being together for 16 years, y'all. And all I could think about was him. We we will call him Wayne. (laughs) I finally got brave enough to reach out to Wayne, and it was like we never stopped talking three days later. And I found myself in a hotel room with my ass in the air getting the best dick I ever had. We have been spending time and building a situationship ever since. We never talk about being in a full-out relationship, but as time goes on, I'm falling harder each day. Do you think I should just ask about moving forward with a relationship or just sit and be patient? I need help. I hate the what are we conversation. Yeah, me too. But it's necessary. Yeah. If she want a relationship. Yeah. I think now I will say this. Um, I don't have a problem telling people my intentions. Mm-hmm. Like on the first day, they're like, oh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a man. A man. <laughs> That's what I want. So I think you should tell him what your intentions are. Like, you know, so... I'm what okay you think, with Shane. Yeah. I think intentions and intentions for you are different, right? Like, just because I'm looking for a partner doesn't mean that I look at you as partner material yet. Fact. I'm still mm-hmm. collecting information mm-hmm. on you. But I think if it's a part of the fabric of the culture of your relationship, it's not hard to bring up. So you need to create that culture from now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder now, and you could admit that. It's okay to admit that you fucked up. Right. right? You know what? I really wish that we started off just by doing what we didn't do before. I just like talking about where we're at. This is an opportunity for me to set both of us up for success Mm. and to make sure we're both enjoying this. Where are you at right now? How do you feel about me? How do you feel about relationships in general? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Here's what time I'm on. If the fact that we're on very different times is a problem for us moving forward, Mm -hmm. then maybe we have to stop. Or I have to adjust the way that we engage with each other to give myself a fighting chance to get out of this Mm -hmm. alive um, and to feel good about what we have and share. So I think you have to, it's awkward because you don't have the culture. I loved the fact that in my uh, friends of benefits, my husband literally daily, he would remind me he didn't want anything more. Mm. And we would have the conversation so frequently just so you know, this isn't anything. And I remember he invited me to um, go watch like a football game with his friends and I was stressed out about it. I called my mm. friend, like, this is fucking weird. My friends with benefits trying to make this thing more. I don't want to mm-hmm. be his friends. I don't want to oh do this and that. And so I just said to him, I'm like, I want to come because I think it'd be a good time and I'm free, but I'm a little uncomfortable with the idea of meeting your friends. How are you going to introduce me? Right. And he was like, oh, there's tons of people coming. Someone else will be there. I probably had sex with too. It'll be mm-hmm. the thing. It was just like, and so we cleared the air and it was comfortable. And I went, I had a great time and I was like, this was good. And yeah. I was only able to do that because I had that conversation. But it was a part of the fabric of, again, the culture that we shared with each other. 
So I think that she has to introduce that into it and acknowledge the fact that you guys have made a mistake by not doing that from the jump. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. How did y'all go from... Oh my God, why do we have the same brain? I was literally just about to ask, how did y'all transition? How did y'all transition from somebody being like, hey, this is casual now. I don't like you, but I like you. So how did y'all even get to... Because to go from a sneaky link to marriage is right. wild. <laughs> right, yeah. It's wild. And how you saying he was like reminding you constantly? Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, nigga, I yeah. did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, I loved it. It was actually, it got a little annoying kind of midway through. I was like, I don't even, I'm not interested in you in that way right, either. Right, right. But I look back and think it was very beneficial. And like, again, like I had a fuck buddy and I had a cuddle buddy. Mm. So I had sex with him and then I would drive and go sleep at somebody else's house who I wasn't having sex with and just cuddle wow. with that person. Oh my God. Because I acknowledged that if I cuddled my fuck buddy, then I would start to get confused. Mm. So it happened where he actually told me he loved me. And then at that moment I was reflecting and I was like, do I feel the same way? Cause I'd never even let myself think like that because we're I like y'all having sex when he said it or y'all were just like in casual conversation? no he texted me I was oh. in a different state I was in New oh. York he was in California and um I had tweeted something about because I was in New York I had an amazing club makeout mm-hmm. like the most like hottest coolest club makeout oh, was you <laughs> so and I was funny. tweeting and I was like y'all I'm learning so much about love not being an eros love mm-hmm. and um he saw that and he admitted like I had to google what eros meant and then he was like eros means romantic and he was mm. like so he texted me and he was like is our love not romantic and I was like, now he got his feelings hurt. Yeah. But do you I love me? Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, but do you love? But do you love me? He was right. like, yeah. And then I was like, oh. So I and I think that there wasn't a big gap for him between when he started to feel that and when he expressed that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But again, we were in the culture of constantly having that conversation. Oh, and I my. think that these relationships can go really well. I think you can have a very successful friends with benefits, but as we were talking about your biology is not set up for you to have this kind of dynamic. Right. So you have to be a little bit more pragmatic and robotic about it. You can't just let it flow. Got right. you. Got you. That's great advice. That is Child. great advice. Knows Girl, I take that advice. Okay, so we got one more question. It says, I am a single female, team no kids, who recently turned 30 about four months ago, and I'm currently thinking about leaving the nursing field to pursue a career in entertainment, television, podcast, etc. I'm from a small Louisiana town where... What does that say, Drea? A small Louisiana town you where know the I ma- can't. Matani, ma- Matani, monotony, 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 monotony. It's it's the same thing over and over again. Okay. Okay. Look, cause y'all know I don't know these big words now. <laughs> I'm just working every day and going back in the house is the norm, but it's so draining. I always wanted to move away, but life has always kept me stuck here. I feel like I am behind in life and wanted to take the first steps towards my actual dream of becoming successful in the industry. What kind of advice do y'all have for making moves and strides in the right directions for my dream to come true? Sign with so much love, a young old bitch. <laughs> so what do you have advice for people who kind of want to get in the entertainment industry, podcasting, and things like that? I think anything in life, even relationships, is just taking one step at a time, right. pausing, feeling good, getting grounded there, and then being like, do I should I go back? Should I move forward? Mm-hmm. Should I stay here for a while? And so I moved to L.A., but I moved to L.A. to pursue my dreams, mm-hmm. and I moved with my car, and I did all that. But I was a wedding photographer in Canada. I saved up enough money to make the transition happen. And when I came here, I got a job working photo booths. Mm. And so it, everything I did just kind of made sense. I was mm-hmm. making big moves, but they were, like, surrounded by, like, a logical setup. Yes, you had a plan. I had a plan. Yes. Right. And then I also had... Uh, backup plans one and also I was okay with acknowledging I may have to go back so I feel like 
make those big leaps of faith, but make a big make a big leap and then stop, get grounded, yes. and then collect your shit. And then before you leap forward again, make sure that you have your footing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that people can get tripped up when they just they go all the way. They start for trying it. to do like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. It's like you have to take one step at a time, complete it. And then go to the next one. Like, right. Because a lot of times people want that story of like packing up your car and going to the city. And the next thing you know, you're on tour with Rihanna. And it's yes. like, it ain't going to happen like that. It could. It could. It could. It could. It could. It could. I mean, I see some people going viral on TikTok and they <laughs> yes. dancing with Beyonce right now. Yeah. It could happen. It but I just am, I'm a person with a plan. Like, yes, I did pack up my car and I moved to Atlanta. But I also had a friend that was there that I could live with. I had a job already set up. Yes. I wasn't just like, oh my gosh, I don't have nothing and I'm going to make it happen. I'm a planning out person. I don't yeah. like to jump in the dark. That's see, not me. I'm not. I'm <laughs> she a jump in the dark. That's pretty much what I did. <laughs> yeah. I just moved up and moved to Atlanta with no plan. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. But, I mean, it works out sometimes. But, but. I mean, it does. But I always say whenever people write us, don't do what I did. Yeah. Because you just never know. Well, I, do what you did if you're comfortable with either outcome yeah like this is the thing when i moved well, here true. i didn't have any kids i didn't have any attachments i mm-hmm. didn't have any debt i didn't have sick parents who relied on me like that it was an irresponsible crazy responsible decision Same. and then if i had to go back it wasn't going to be the worst thing ever mm-hmm. and i also think like that whole like quit your job and devote yourself i don't know it's you, you can find time there's yeah. a lot of things that you probably do that you can chip out before you chip out the job yes I'm glad you said that because it was so many people that we were working with like before we signed with A-Fine they're like quit your job quit your job well show Hell, me how to make even money I was in. It. but it was just like no I have time yeah. to work I can do both like mm-hmm. I didn't quit my job until the very very last like they kind of forced me out because I didn't have time to do both but I was making enough money to quit I was just scared but you can work your job and yeah. I you quit do your both. toxic social media habits. Yes, quit that friendship that you, you never actually have a good time with that person. Yeah. Quit <laughs> that fuck buddy that you don't actually enjoy the sex with, but you're hoping it'll turn into more. Like yes. quit a lot of there's a lot of area to make more time. Right. Facts. Cause I was not look, I was not leaving my job. I was too like, quit, girl, fuck you. I'm going <laughs> to work. One thing about me, and I was on time. Okay. Yes. So, but you have quit now. Oh yeah, oh, no, girl, yeah, I've been quit. quit. She quit right. a That's few years I mean. ago. Yeah, you I quit, quit when it just was a no-brainer. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't leave me a choice though. Look, I still be clocking in right now if they let me. <laughs> I like that consistent check now. But right. no, I love my job and I'm very blessed. But like I said, I always go to work. Go to work. It's okay to work. Everybody was like, everybody feels like it's embarrassing to have a job for some reason, and I don't know why. Right. Like for me. It was just like, yeah, I'm at work. People be walking be like, oh, my God, Lex from Poor Moms. I'm like, yep, what you need? What can I help you with today? Right. Like, I'm at work. You know what I'm saying? So I think if you have, you know, a good income right now, you can still follow your dreams, but you can definitely do both. You can strategize, though. I mean, I quit doing wedding photography and then came here and did photo booths because wedding photography takes a lot of mental time. You have to mm-hmm. build clientele. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it took an investment that I didn't have. So I just took the skill and applied it to something that I could just go clock in and clock out mm-hmm. at. Right. So I think that maybe for her, if it's nursing, maybe like the way that you're doing it right now is too intensive. Is there a lesser way to use your skills to make the money that gives you the brain space after you clock out right. to focus on your passion? Yeah, because right. I used to work on poor minds at work. I used yeah, to be on the computer doing it. Yeah, I used to be doing that. You know? It's yes. a way to make your work grow. For sure, for sure. So, Shan, tell everybody where they can follow you and find you and everything that you're working on right now. You guys were so good at this. Um, <laughs> I just have a podcast. It's called Lovers and Friends. You guys were our guests on it. Yes. We talked about 
decoupling orgasm from good sex. Mm -hmm. How they don't have to always happen in order for sex to be great. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where people can go. Yes. Okay. So thank you so much for this. Yes, was really this fun. Was so this was like fun. a good therapy session it for was. me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, that yeah. was beautiful. You know, we yeah. had a moment today. So I really appreciate you. Thank this you was for a great episode. Inviting us into your home, mm -hmm. introducing you to my baby. Yes. yes. Look, me and her best friend. So tell us, soon she turned eighteen, so Auntie cute. got her. Auntie got her. We outside. So we'll see y'all next week. Bye y'all. Bye. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, XP. And it's your girl, Dre Nicole. And we are here to talk to y'all about GoodDaySense.com. Yes, I love me a good candle. And Good Day Sense candles smell so good. And they're soy-based candles. My fave. So there's Delicious. nothing better than getting your house super clean, mm -hmm. mopping, sweeping, all that good stuff, and lighting a candle. And let me tell you, my favorite scent is Black Love. I like to manifest that in the air because that's what I want. Yeah. And so, it is vanilla. You, I feel like you can never go wrong with the vanilla candle. I mean, it's fall time. That's the kind of sense we need. So also, you can use code P-O-U-R, that's POOR, and get 25% off of your order. So go to gooddaysense.com and get your candle and use our discount code to have your house smelling good. I was 21, 20 years old, right? Yeah. So for me, with that kind of money, still living in the projects, we had to figure it out. What's happening, Phoenix? Phoenix! Where the fuck did all these black people come from in Phoenix? Where y'all been? What's happening? Man, I'm not speaking for every man in the, in the... If I make it to be making 200 million, Nigga, I can make 200000 I feel like I spoke to fuck any bitch I want. So if Zion, if you want to do that, live your life. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Lex P. And it's your girl, Drea Nicole. And you are tuned in to another episode. Perfect. Show these niggas the trick. Now, this my house. I done took y'all everywhere else. Now, come on over. All them vines and shit. Mold days and shit. Welcome to the pizza ad. What oh, we yeah. got right here? This granddaddy, man. This come uh, on. This what I got for my 40th. I ain't do nothing to it. Usually, I put 40s on everything I got. Um, I ain't do nothing to this, but put some music in there. You know what I'm saying? Did you do the do on it? Yes, sir. Ooh, you, you was hitting on that joint? Yeah, 100%. Give him a booty eight all that. God damn, okay. That's living the life. When you on the, hold on, when you stand on a blow up mattress and you can get a girl lick your ass, eat your ass, yeah. you a bad, you cold blooded. Hey. No, but shit, nigga be broken and bitch, man, thinking about it. You ever been so broke you just feel like you about to pass away sometime soon? <laughs> you be like, I know God ain't got me out here living like this. A barrier native, you understand me? You got this, you got to get this monkey off your back, you understand me? <laughs> if you ain't never broke a female off no chicken. <laughs> now, it's nothing that, you know, men should glorify and be proud of, but, you know, it's just culture.